Welcome to Joyfield and Jesus Led. I'm your host, Tony Daniels, sharing real life stories and practical tools that not only let you know you're not alone, but also help you become the emotional, spiritual ninja warrior you were created to be. We are in a new series called Struggling to Be Joyfield and Jesus Led where you're invited into conversations between me and my husband, Matt Daniels, where we explore some of these issues that can confuse me or even enrage me. These conversations are completely unplanned, where I show up with whatever's bothering me, explain the situation, and then ask Matt to help me make sense of what's going on. Matt's my sounding board. He is a highly intelligent man with an incredible capacity for both empathy and systemic thinking. I find these conversations thought-provoking, enlightening and insightful. I hope you do as well. Without further ado, I give you this week's struggling to stay joy-fueled and Jesus-led. I hope you enjoy. Well, while we're walking out in nature today, I was wondering if I could pick your brain on an issue we have talked about in the past, but I I just think it'd be helpful to talk about it again. All right. <laughs> because it might take me a while to make some shifts and and maybe there's even more going on that that we need to talk about. So does that sound good? Yes. Okay. As long as there's no lawyers involved. <laughs> oh, too funny. Um, okay, so I'm going to lay out the scenario just a little, a little more, okay, um, so that you can get the big picture, or the, not the big picture at all, but the picture of what might be irritating me. <clears throat> so, um, sometimes um, I get around people who are very Christian. <laughs> a terrible thing to say. I mean, like, what does that even mean, right? I'm sorry. You're like in quotes. Is that what you're saying? It kind of like in quotes. Yeah, like, like in air quote marks with your fingers like right they're, now. Like they're passionate for Jesus. You can tell that they love God, right? Um, they are, um, they're trying really, really hard to be good Christians. And, um, you know, I, I know I'm, I was probably just like them when, you know, when I was younger. It's just I've, I have forgotten what that feels like now, I think, for one. Um, there, there could be a part of me even rejecting that part of me that was like mm. that. You know, I, like, I don't know. That's why we're having this conversation, right? So I'm, I'm around them, and they say things that I can't even identify with anymore. Like, it, it's not even like... Um, like I, uh, like, oh yeah, I remember being like that. I know what they're saying. It's like, I can't even feel it anymore. Like there's nothing left in me. <laughs> and I feel like I'm from a different planet at that point, right? Like, oh my goodness, I am from Mars. This person's from Venus and there's no way I can ever even have this conversation with them. And it's topics like accountability, okay? Right. We've kind of talked about this a little bit before, but I think it's worth discussing again. So, you know, there are some believers that are really, you know, and some movements, okay, <laughs> missional yeah. movements that are, you know, we've got to, we got to make disciples. It's all geared around making disciples and it's all geared around um, doing, right, doing yeah. mission, doing things. 
And therefore, there's always accountability groups along with that to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. <clears throat> so that language, when we're, just, when we're talking about church and faith and a, a, a healthy attachment with God, that language bumps me out, so to speak, meaning I almost, something inside of me emotionally happens where I'll either completely shut down and just want to leave the conversation because I get, I get so, and I don't know what all those emotions are, right? There could be many right. emotions. It could be a complex emotion. That's why it's doing this to me. But I just want to leave the conversation altogether. Like there's literally a part of me that goes, this is a waste of my time. And we've talked about this before. I'm very vulnerable here because I know it's terrible to think that anybody is a waste of my time. Right. I know it's terrible. You're not saying they think. are actually a waste of your time. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. I, I don't feel like the person is a waste of my time, but I feel like that conversation is, a, is, is just, it's going to take too much energy out of me. And, and they're still not going to understand what I'm trying to say when we're done. And I might not even be able to articulate what I want to say anyway. So I just kind of go silent and withdraw. Okay, okay so or, summary. You're in okay, a conversation, yeah. just so I'm following. You're in a conversation with a person who loves Jesus. They have a high energy. And they um, have a strong focus on accountability and um, disciple-making. Mm-hmm. And when they start talking out of that energy, it's very frustrating to you and you can't relate to it. Yes, yes, yeah. Because too, there's also this real sense inside of these people that I'm with that they're right. That whatever they believe and feel and think is the gospel truth, right? And, right. And so they haven't ever wondered if they could be wrong about something either. And so, you know, there's that as well probably going on. Yeah, so I just adding to this conversation, I am remembering we recently were, um, I forget who it was, but they were describing, they were describing evangelicals um, as, uh, a, and well, North American evangelicals as a people without questions. Like they're so confident and almost like there's no, there's, they have no doubt about them whatsoever um, in their yeah. whole approach to life and ministry. And I yeah. was, it reminded me of that quote of somebody who said they found that uh, North, and North American evangelicals were a people without questions. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that is part of it. Yeah, they really have no, very few, few questions and, and really cling to what they know for their security, it feels like. Anyway, that's getting off the topic of accountability. So, um, you know, I, I was an athlete my whole life, and so I understand the role of discipline in a, in a spiritual life as well, for sure. I have a lot of, I mean, rhythms of attention in my life right now. Um, but I also understand that there's motivation. You know, there's motivations involved, and a lot of times we're motivated out of guilt and duty and shame and uh, and even even I've got to get healed I've got to get healed right so even that is all none of that even though the, the I've got to get healed part seems very um, 
seems like a good motivation, right? Who doesn't want someone to, to, to pursue their own healing? But in the end, the motivation is still so that people don't reject me, so that I show up, you know, so that I don't hurt people. That's a good one. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's still... It's like fear and yes, anxiety and shame. Yes, it's still based in fear, anxiety, and shame. Are the driving motivations. Exactly. And at a level that they're completely unaware of. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. maybe it's just that this is a stage of emotional maturity and there's nothing we can do about it. And, and we just need to, as elders, you know, as older, more mature people go, you know, that's a stage and we all go through that. And so how can I best support someone who's in it, right? Right. But the reality is I'm so far removed from that, that concept, especially of accountability, because I, I honestly never, ever found it helpful. Even when I was in a stage of trying to fix myself or perform, it wasn't helpful for me. Right. And, and I've, I've moved, and I think all of us have, moved into a place of coaching is helpful. You know, coaching's helpful. Because in coaching, we get to the motivation. We get to why you're trying to pursue whatever you're pursuing. We get to what's hindering you. Because we believe that if my heart's fully alive, then I am going to naturally grow. I'm gonna naturally start to move towards the things that are healthy for me. And if I'm in a community of practice that's paying attention to these healthy things, that's only going to um, motivate me to grow more, to be intimate with my people and with God. So that's like my framework now, but I come up against people in this other framework, and I flood a lot of times, and I don't, I don't maintain myself in those moments. So I guess that's my big my question for you then is, you know, why why do you think I flood? What is all that about? And then, you know, what's the bigger picture going on here that can give me some framework that might help me have compassion in those moments or even understand that type of Christianity to a point where I can, you know, be helpful right. <laughs> or just, just love that person no matter what, right? So, yeah, I'll, you I'll would like to have, I mean, scripture talks about, you know, one, God gives, uh, what does it say? God gives. Grace to the humble. Mm. Um, God opposes the proud, but gives strength, gives grace to the humble. You mm. would like when you when you find somebody who is in a shame-based mentality or driven to improve themselves out of an overall sense of being less than, mm -hmm. and you're up against that. You would like to have, be a little more gracious. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to not flood, but I know I can't. <laughs> I can't <laughs> One baby steps. I can't change my, you know, emotions yeah. necessarily. So um, at that point, I'm just left to, you know, calm myself, quiet myself, find Jesus really quickly. Yeah. And try to sense His feelings for that person. Well, so right. you know, that's what I do. So I think it'd be <laughs> but, helpful for me to back up a little bit and think about, you know, I, I can't. We can't psychoanalyze our hypothetical person um but i mean i you know the another scripture comes to my mind in jeremiah where it talks about and and the, and the two basic differing interpretations of this but is this whole idea of like oh the heart is desperately wicked you know who can know it and so people that are i think have a base in the deepest place in their um unconscious mind wow. um i am i'm fundamentally flawed i'm fundamentally broken i have a sick heart 
and they yeah. have not consistently experienced um, the taste of having a renewed heart, which is actually a truer truth for them, is that like, wow, I have a new heart, I have the heart of stone has been removed, and the heart of flesh has been put, or the heart of, yeah, tender heart has been wow. put in there, and then we know that heart beats with the living, breathing, um, interconnected relationship with God's heart, and oftentimes, I think two paradigms of Christian living is, again, I don't think people have the words for this, but I'm I'm trying to outrun my wicked heart mm -hmm. um, so that I can experience God's love. Mm -hmm. And probably another one is... Um, well, real quick, what you're saying. So I hear you saying that one of the first paradigm shifts that has to happen is really a theological one where we stop beating ourselves up for being sinners and, and even stop keeping us at the center of the whole thing anyway. I mean, because when, I'm, when my whole orientation is I'm utterly flawed and, um, you know, trying to kind of improve myself more and more and more and more, if that's my orientation, then I'm still the center of my world, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy, but it's true. Um, whereas what I hear you saying is, so to be able to shift into a paradigm where we say, no, God was glad to be with me even when I was in sin. So, yes, I am utterly yeah. flawed. But, but God was glad to be with me even when I was in sin. And it's not about me bettering myself. It's about me learning to live in intimacy with God and, right. and enjoy and feel how much He is glad to be with me even though I am utterly flawed. And, right. and that, you know, when I, when I think of that theological paradigm shift, you know, I've been in many churches here in Nashville in almost every church I go into, the whole sermon is about how to improve yourself. It's about what is wrong with you. You know, what sin are you in? What you, church right. we need to repent today? You know, and I'm like, it's always focused on what we're doing wrong. And we have to figure it out too. You can't right. just listen to God and him tell us what's wrong. We have to figure out what's wrong with us and be able to repent that, right? And so I remember growing up in that too. And every every week I'd be like, God, I really feel like, I'm doing everything, you know, <laughs> for you. You know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't have sex. I'm, you know, I'm 18. I am trying to live the best Christian life I possibly can because I love you. And here I am supposed to be meditating on my sin again and on what I'm supposed to confess to you this week. And I'm like, really? Is that what the, is that what right. every week church is about? Right. And I was like, so I go into these churches and they're still doing that, honey. Yeah. And I'm like, why aren't we... <laughs> Asking people, what's keeping you from feeling loved today by God, right? right. Like, <laughs> let's quiet and sense His presence with us. What does God want to tell you today? Because maybe God doesn't want me to focus on whatever sin might be in, hidden in my life that I don't even know about. But maybe He wants to just hold me and comfort me because life is scary. And there's yeah. terrible things going on in the world. Maybe I just need comfort. And so there's never just be with God today. Just be with Him because He's glad to be with you even in your sin. Right. So just be with Him. <laughs> well, and I think that people would experience that sense probably when they're sitting like lost in worship music. Those are the moments, you know, that they might mm. feel I'm actually held by God or God's yeah. drawn near. And, you know, I think people are, um, yeah, wow. longing for that. But it strikes me that 
that there has not been possibly a deep enough experience of unconditional love, uh, you know, deep down into them and, and maybe not deep enough and maybe not frequently enough so that these people can actually begin to have tasted another paradigm and there aren't enough people around them, you know, what gets rewarded and what gets affirmed is the type of language that they're using already, you know, like, you know, know, here's how many times I've shared the gospel or here's how often I prayed or here's how often I repented. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it does feel like the baseline level of spiritual maturity is so incredibly low and even the paid professionals, by and large for the most part, continue repeating the same old ideas that... Um, you know, unless some people we read, you know, talk about unless there's some major crisis in your life, you will never break out of that. Right. You just stay in it and it gets reinforced and it gets reinforced and it gets reinforced. So Yeah, it's like a comfortable stage. Okay, talk to me about a little bit about um, <clears throat> stages of moral development. Because I remember I studied this when I was doing my psycho-spiritual accompaniment program in South America. And it was mind-blowing and helpful. But I don't live with all that knowledge still, right. and you do. Talk to me a little bit about moral development, because sure. I think when you mentioned it last time we were talking, I was like, that is, yes, yes, it's all about moral development. And most of the church hasn't matured morally either. Yeah. So <laughs> well, talk to me about that again. I hope I don't butcher this. Cause, well, you know, you know you we're I, walking in the woods, so people can go look it up if they need to, you know, the exact <laughs> so, facts right. on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... Um, Lawrence Kohlberg, uh, you know, and then there's lots of developmental theorists. So some people talk about stages of faith development. Some people talk about stages of emotional development, stages of moral development. Um, and Kohlberg's stuff was really helpful. Uh, Just real broad strokes because I think he breaks down into six stages, but each, each of the six stages is really part of a a group of two, et cetera, et cetera. But Pre-conventional, conventional, and post-conventional, as I think he called them. And in the pre-conventional stage, your key motivation is basically just to um, uh, seek pleasure and avoid pain. In the pre-conventional? Pre-conventional, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. Seek pleasure and avoid pain. Okay. And in the conventional, wow. it's wow. follow the rules because that's the right thing to do. So you behave, you know, your behavior in the first stage, pre-conventional, is very much like an infant, you know, seek pleasure, avoid pain. And uh, and you see that in adults. Or a dog. (laughs) Yeah. But like, uh, you know, addicts are people that never developed beyond that stage. So the impulsiveness, and that's what you might call it, just impulsiveness. Mm. Um, Mm. And so then... So someone who hasn't tamed their impulses yet is basically still in a pre-conventional stage of moral development. Yeah, yeah. You're just jerked around by whatever stimulates you in the moment and you want to feel better. Wow. Um, And then conventional are the people that, you know, got some lift out of that Mm. and you you sort of obey the law because it's the law. So there's a set of rules and that's how society works and you just obey the rules and it's that sounds safe too, you know. I mean, it sounds like a real nice, safe place to be. 
because you know the rules. You can obey the rules. If everyone obeys the rules, we're all safe. Like, right. Seems to me. You know, going back to the other people that talk about transcending and including is that, yeah, okay, so that helps you not be reined in by your impulsivity, but it also, mm -hmm. to some degree, lowers the amount of pain and enhances the amount of pleasure you will experience. Right. I mean, I think of kids, right? Raising kids. This sounds like their yeah. whole, you know, from three or four all the way up until 18 almost or you know right. 13 for sure you know yeah. where we basically say just you just obey like we'll tell you why we'll explain yeah. but this family functions because you you do what we tell you to do yeah. <laughs> you don't run out in front of traffic <laughs> you and don't think, go smoke pot you just yeah. do what we what we tell you to do and you're going to be safe and grow up healthy <laughs> and i think Maybe. the earlier the earlier stages of that are tied into obey the rules because they're the rules and then a more advanced stage of that is obey the rules because that's how humans, that's how we can all, that's the social contract. Okay, like, okay. We're obeying the rules so that everybody has a space. So you're starting to get wow. conscious of the fact that there are others who so matter. Sounds like you're saying that even in that stage, there's stages of development right. from where your motivation is, yeah. I don't want to get you know, punished for yeah. not obeying all the way to, I yeah. love community and want to live intimately with yeah. people. And we have agreed upon ways of doing that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Wow. And then moving into the, the third stage post-conventional is you do things because, uh, not be, well, not because of, this is how I want to be loving, but there is love mm. that wells up inside you. There's empathy, there's concern, there's um, compassion, there's a starting to see how everything is connected to everything else. Um, and then your heart motivation to, to help, to make sacrifice, to cultivate, to tend, to care for, um, comes out of uh, an internal wellspring of, of love. Wow. So impulse, law, and love. Mm. Um, and mm. uh, yeah. So, I, so, so I'm just, I'm, I'm, I love, again, I love this framework and I'm going now, I'm going, wow, in, in one family unit, which we would call a church if they're listening to God together and connecting heart to heart, right? Right. You have people in all three of these stages. Sure. And this is what I'm realizing is complicated and hard, right? Um, in Luke 10, right now where I work, I typically, thankfully, <laughs> this is terrible. But I get to be with people in the third stage already. Like right. most of us are 50 and up. Most of us have in the leadership teams, not in our communities, yeah. right? Because we all lead local communities. So yeah. Luke 10 is local because all the leaders lead locally, right? But when we're together training, we're all in that kind of second half of life or that third stage of, of moral development. And it's just so wonderful <laughs> to be with a lot of people who lead through love and who are walking in grace and their true identity, all of that, right? But then we all leave Luke 10 and go into our daily life, right? Our families, our church communities, our nonprofits, like whatever we're working in. And now we're like, oh, wait, there's not a lot of people like me at all right, right now. Yeah. And I've got all these other people in these two different stages of moral development. And then we haven't even talked about emotional maturity. So, but yep. emotional maturity is almost easier for me to give grace for because I've studied that chart, those charts a lot and I, I've raised children, right? So I get the emotional development piece, but this moral, and I know they're intimately connected, but this moral piece, um, I, I definitely want to come to a place where I don't feel impatient and angry. Right. When people are in 
a different moral development place, right? And, oh, and, and that's here's the thing I think that, and we have to remember too, because you have people who are in these different places, but we have these different structures that are all active inside of us. And so depending on the moment, so you get with somebody who really triggers you and you got to pay attention that there is a part of you that wants to seek pleasure and avoid pain. So it's very painful for you to be in the presence of somebody who has these really rigid, you know, like, oh, this is the right way to do things. And, um, and so, uh, you know, it's easy to then respond with this rigidity, like, well, that person's being the wrong way. Or they need to be I mean, led by love. Could it be that I've been hurt by that too? Yeah. And therefore, not that I have a part of me that wants to be that. I, maybe I right. do, but I resonate more with that's abusive and harmful to people. And when we live out of that, it hurts. And I yeah. have been hurt by that, and yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with that. So yep. I almost like yeah. There's this anger that wells up inside me that keeps me from holding the framework in my mind, right? Yeah. And being compassionate, and I want to take them out. Yeah, which would be the very first earliest paradigm, right? Because you want to avoid pain. Okay. And so you, yeah, you regress. You regress to that impulsive state. Woo. And so, and then, you know, then you can get. So the part of, so when anger takes over then, when I, when I give myself to anger, not that I really get, because I don't actually act out. But even just that voice, you're saying that anger voice inside of me is in an impulsive stage of moral development. Yeah. Dang. And, but it's also, it's also. That sucks. Well, it's also a whole bunch of energy. And so like, and here's the thing, it's like, it's different for the person that has lived in that stage and that's all they know and they've never grown out of it versus a person that's traveled beyond that stage okay. and they okay. find themselves in it. You've got a whole bunch of tools right. operant inside you. Right, because obviously I don't let that part take over. Yeah. I mean, I was really nice to people like this in a group just recently, right? And yeah. I took deep breaths. I listened to Jesus. I could feel how much he loved them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and yep. I responded the way we do, right? In love and kindness and, you know, but I leave and I go, oh my word, what? Well, and you know, the, and I've got yeah. all this internal stuff going on. So then the part of you that knows to follow rules goes, oh yeah, when I feel this <gasps> oh, way, <laughs> I need to go take breaths. I need to, right? Okay. There's a certain, okay. there's like a, wow. like an algorithm when you're faced with that situation. So that part of moral development is necessary and yes. still with me, thankfully. Right, because you've been through okay, it. Okay, because I've been through it. Okay. And then that brings you back to a place, you know, or you're like, oh, I need intense comfort. I need to, depending on mm. what it is, right? I need to be with somebody. Um, you know, and obviously we've, heard, we've read a lot, and, you know, so there's a whole bunch of other things we're putting in here about the whole idea of like getting your brain relationally connected to someone right. who is not operating at that lower level you know, as a way to help get you the lift you need to get back to the place of love and empathy. And, and again, I mean, we are talking about this pre-conventional, conventional, post-conventional are, Mm -mm. you know, lower, mid, high regions of the brain um, that you're operating out of. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The amygdala would be more of that impulsive nature. Yeah. 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 I got to, I got to feel better now. You know, this is an emergency. I'm going to die. Yeah. Um, and, and I would say that the people that operate out of like, we found the way to do this and this is the way you do it. And here's the system and here's the method. I've gotten so much freedom from 
impulsiveness. You know, oh, I used to yeah. look at pornography all the time. Or Which I used is, to drink too is much. great, right? To... Because impulsiveness can lead to massive amounts of pain right. and destruction in a community. So, yeah, if a whole community can get to a at least a rules-based mentality, they're definitely functioning much yeah. better. Yeah. And so I can, I can validate how important that is, and I can appreciate what it brought to the people of God, right, in our yeah. communities. But let's back up to just about 100 paces ago when you punched me in the arm. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, dang, because I was like, yeah, it takes yeah. you back to the impulsive stage yeah. because the, really the big question here isn't understanding people's psyche. We're right. focusing right. On, on why do you flood? Yeah, I was totally thinking about that. Um, I mean, one, because I sat there and said, oh, you know, it's not that they're operant in me. It's that, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm altruistic. You know, I don't want people to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, that's the first stage to some degree because you don't want pain. And I'm like, oh, man. So love that ninja skill level you've got there. But anyway, um, not many people can twist that on me like that that fast and be right. Um, <laughs> so... Um, so what I was thinking about that is I'm like, okay, so now that I know that, um, or I can see that part of me a little differently, because one, I do want to validate their, the good that that anger part of me has, right? right? That anger part of me wants the body of Christ to mature into love. Yeah. I am passionate about that. It is a heart passion of mine because of my heart pain, obviously. Yep. So it is a deep passion. So, so I don't want to shame that angry part of me or try to even make it go away or even go, man, you're immature. You know, I want to go, right. thank you. Thank you for loving the body of Christ the way you do. And I think when I get quiet and I'm with God, that's what I sense from him, right? I sense yeah. him just loving that anger because he's like, yeah, it has well, done a lot of damage in the world. Immaturity just in general has done a lot of damage in the world legalistic, fun, you know, functional deism, legalism, fun, you know, all these things have hurt and hindered his body. And so to attune with that part of me or validate that part of me yeah. feels very soothing. And then when it's attuned with, this is what we do with our kids, right? Connect and redirect, I think is what yeah. Siegel says. So, you know, I can connect with it that way. And I can say, and... You're you're really impulsive right now, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you could take this person out, couldn't you? Like that's how right. angry you are. <laughs> and we're gonna ask you to and you know, we're all of us are all the parts of me that are more mature are gonna come around you and use this anger for good. Let's Right. Thank you for thank you for, the thank you for this tremendous yes. release of energy you've given me to work on this problem from a post conventional exactly. lens. Exactly. And so, and thankfully in the moment, like you said, I have my rules-based person that can pull, pull that impulsivity into, we're going to follow your outline, Tony. You know, yeah, yeah. When I'm, when I'm facilitating, for example, and it comes up in a group, we have ways of dealing with this in Luke 10. We have a very specific culture, very specific DNA that we use to protect everyone on the call, especially right. from the facilitator. So if I lean on those rules or no, they're not really rules, but if I lean on that outline, then that outline is going to protect those people from me because yeah. I'm going to follow it, right? Yep. And it did, and it did beautifully. It worked beautifully in a moment where I needed some rules yeah. <laughs> because I was disintegrating. That's and good. And so I can thank that part of me too and that structure that we have in place because some people hate structure, right? Right. 
We have people. This could in be Luke another 10. conversation, but a let's dip our toes into whole it. Whole different conversation, man. We got people in Luke 10 that hate the fact that we ask them to learn an outline. They hate right. the fact that we have ways that we approach. You know, how well, to especially if they're trying to and, escape a rules-based faith. And part of what draws them is like, wow, I know there's something out there other than just go to church, read the Bible, and you know, now they're training, you know, they're I love these people who listen to God and they just follow his voice and they hear right. his spirit and they do whatever he tells them that feels so good. And the next thing you know, someone's like, Well, hey, there's a there's a you know, there's a structure to help everybody get there. <laughs> That's right. And, and they hate it. <laughs> yeah, and you're usually and saying, think we're trying to control them. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. So, so here's just to bookmark that later conversation. Okay. It's when people have tasted the post-conventional operating in them, right? Genuine okay. love. Yeah. But they have not completed the work of the pre-conventional impulsivity. Wow. wow. So what happens is they think they're being post-conventional and they're really just being pre-conventional. Okay, so let's just take, just to set up, you know, we need to maybe name these people, you know, we'll call them Joe, you know, Joe Freedom. Joe Freedom. Um, <laughs> Joe Freedom is really attracted to Luke 10 because somebody finally is playing at a level he wants to play. Like he's stifled okay. by all the rules of go to church, get people to come, build the next program, and he has a taste of the spirit and oh. learns to like listen to God, experiences deep healing, he's oh. dipping his toes into a whole different way of walking the faith life which is very spirit-led oh my gosh i'm having a whole nother thought do not let me forget it but it's about um addiction and people okay. who are addicts in the church and the structure okay, okay. go ahead All go right. ahead don't Dang, forget it it'll be good. it's bookmark too it's the bookmark within Bo the bookmark yes, yes. <laughs> uh, this is dangerous <laughs> uh so well, my parents always wondered what we talked about for i know hours and good hours lord and hours. now they're gonna get to see uh. <laughs> Turn off, turn off the podcast now and save yourselves. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Joe Freedom, um, he, uh, you know, gets a taste of what it's like to really check in from the heart and to listen to the Lord and whole new windows open up for him. And it's like, ah, this is what I've longed for. I've tasted it in the past, but wow, this consistently brings me back to a place where I might really live in the freedom of the spirit and be the kind of person I've always wanted to be and that people would actually be attracted to and want to know more about, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and I get away from all these stifling rules. Hmm. So he's beginning to enter a post-conventional stage of operating and escape a conventional rules-based. And yet, um, Joe Freedom still has uh, an impulsive pre-conventional hardware operating inside his mind-body system. So let's just get real honest and open right. here. He, he, he might still have a porn addiction. Yeah, let's or say so let's... just once a year even look at yeah. porn. I mean, there's still some impulsivity that takes yeah. over on occasion. Eats too much. Eats too much. Oh, yeah, they well, can't, there you I mean, go. that's me. Eats you know? too much. Eats the wrong things. Crap, I'm describing drinks, myself. <laughs> drinks a little when he shouldn't. Probably yeah. um, yep. works too much. Yeah. Maybe he's in too many church activities and ignoring his family and himself. Right. I mean, it could look that innocent, right? Yep. Yep. So then, okay. uh, he or she, we're saying he, or he she. cause you picked Joe, but I mean, Joanna, it's, I don't want to be freedom. sexist here. It, Joanna it involves freedom. all of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Not so, just men. <laughs> then, then they get into a place. Wow. I mean, this is very specific. Okay. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to, okay. I'm trying to track. So 
you're saying that these people, they've kind of moved through, they moved through the rules base, but not enough, you're saying not enough to actually get fully out of the impulsive stage. So they've been in it and they've seen the, maybe the negative sides of it, and now they're rushing into a post-conventional freedom. Let's live by or love. Or I love it. Yeah, I'm yeah, drawn yeah. to that. Yes, that's the way of God. Like they, yep. There's part healthy parts of them that even see that's where we're headed. And they want to live into that. Yeah. But there's still some impulsivity in them. And therefore, they, they want to reject the rules because yep. they didn't really do that maturing work while they were in that stage. Is yes. that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's right. So you can tell that then when, you know, a person who gets into a post-conventional love-led uh, mindset can appreciate the proper place for rules and structure. Mm -hmm. And they actually okay. get it. Like, discipline equals freedom mm -hmm. is the idea. But discipline is never the goal. Mm -hmm. And whenever their discipline lapses because of their impulsivity, mm. they're so soft and gentle on themselves. Wow, okay. Right? And then they okay. can come back to a place where they're led by, led by love. Wow. But a person who, you know, gets into a, you know, this real dynamic experience of hearing God's voice and, wow, I want all that freedom. I want it. And you're like, okay, well, you know, why don't you work on appreciation exercises or why don't yes. you, yes, exactly. oh, I don't want to do that. That stifles yep. me. Oh my gosh. How, how many times have I heard that? Yeah. Or why do we have to follow the outline? You oh know, I want to, I just want to do it on my own. And so at that moment, mm -hmm. well, I just felt God leading me to do da 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 da. You could easily be confusing post conventional for pre conventional. Listening to God with impulsivity instead. Yeah. Like, and might I add, that's why so many people are scared to death of yeah. a community that listens to God. Right. Because in, the past, in, in unhealthy situations, people you are in impulsivity but claiming the name of right. God there to go. it. Oh my go. gosh. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, can I go on my rabbit trail real quick? Yeah. Okay. So, as I was talking back uh, a little while ago about how difficult, you know, it must be to be in a, in a church where you have all three of these happening, you know, in, in all your right. congregants. But also a house church where you definitely have all three of it functioning because you've got different ages right there in your house church probably. Yeah. Or your house, your home, right? Your business. Goodness, you go to work and you work with people in all yeah. these. Yep. So... Part of me, I just realized, oh, the church just segregates them out. Sure. If yeah, you're an addict good. and you're impulsive, you go to the counseling department. You celebrate go to the recovery. Celebrate recovery ministry because yeah, we don't really know. If you're really bad know. off, you might go to a yeah, pure 12-step group, not I, even I, in I the church. Wanna, I don't want to talk derogatorily about it either because yeah. it is something you need that other right. people have, have already gotten. Yeah, you can't, you've right. tried to follow the rules and you can't get traction. Exactly. You can't get traction following the rules. But it, it does feel very shaming yeah. for you to have to leave the body of Christ to go there to kind right. of get what you, I mean, you're not leaving the body of Christ because no, right. it's, you know, you're with other Christians and stuff, but you're in the room for special kids, but it is fascinating. And, and, um, you know, I'm not sure, I guess the elders, the one, I mean, the, not elders, but the ones who are post conventional kind of just leave the church. It seems like, like, because unless that body can grow beyond its rules based pastor center, yeah. um, you know, guilt driven, duty-based uh, rules mentality than anyone who matures beyond a conventional morality yep. is going to, to save their faith, they're going to have to leave because that is not 
the all usually, of God. Right. What usually God's there's a to. usually there's a season of of leaving. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> And this is where we get into that whole first half of life, second half of life. And if we want to op- overlap that, wow. then this impulsivity or pre-conventional and conventional wow. would be first half of life. And if and we're then, going to the maturity charts, yeah, it would elder probably stage. be the, the post-conventional would be the elder. And maybe even some of the parenting. Right. You're starting to get there. Yeah. and You're but, starting to get there. But the conventional is solid in, in child stage, yeah, is it not? Post- and a then impulsive is the infant stage. Yeah, and the person who's fully formed in this post-conventional, like, here's here's radical blow everybody's minds, right? Like, everywhere's church. And even church is oh, church. Yeah, yeah right? people like, can't do that. Yeah, they have Especially, no... Yeah, <laughs> right? they it's have, really they, hard for people to think about. They have I realized. no problem sitting in a service. I mean, they have a little problem. They have well, a little yeah, discomfort. Real quick, I mean, for missionaries, that's easy to think of because we had to live it. It's almost like, okay... It's almost like the people of God, when they were, when they had the temple, when they were worshiping at the temple, right, they thought God only existed there. Right. They thought church, as we would call it, could only happen in the temple. And then God destroys the temple. The Babylonians come destroy the temple. They go into exile, right? And they actually learn that all of God's everywhere. I mean, it right. was mind-blowing for hundreds of years, right, for the people of God. But it's true. God, all of God is everywhere. We can have church, the people of God, the called out ones who connect heart to heart and hear his voice anywhere, so, <laughs> at any time. So the impulsive listener who's hearing this right now is like, yeah, they're saying it. I can have wow. church in the woods, drink it a beer. Which is why all the rules-based people get scared to death. Yes. Okay. And then the rules-based people are telling me I'm a heretic. Right, because you sound yeah. like a pre-conventional impulsive wow. and so maturity wow. that means we start to you know get soft and and gentle and invite people into new realities but we're like yeah wow. you start to say wow what a great what a great gift you know organized structured religion is to help people mm. move you know out of pre-conventional into conventional and through but the problem is that whole system almost doesn't experientially know post-conventional living right right the whole of the salvation project is to outrun impulsivity and god will help you Mm, mm, mm. Um, and just follow these rules yeah yeah wow um yeah well i mean that so are you still frustrated when you think about these people so, um, no, Sorry, I, I mean, cut you off. no, that's good. That's a great question. Um, no, I mean, I feel expansive, like a whole new scenery has been painted for me in this conversation because so many of these things cause the anger. It's not just that accountability conversation, but like everything you've just talked, <laughs> we've talked yeah. about is kind of what brings this anger piece of me, uh, to a head, right. When it, when it shows itself and, um, so yeah, I mean, my brain is like, I'm expansive. I'm having all these connections now. Like, for example, um, yeah, no, I just, just lots of, <laughs> well, yeah. well, how, how someone in a, in a rules based developmental stage can look at an impulsive person and look at a person in the post conventional, the love and think we're the same. Oh yeah. And that that is fascinating to me and helpful. It's really yeah. helpful because when I'm in front of somebody now who's scared to death of what Luke 10 is doing because 
they think we're going to give permission to all the impulsive people yeah. to just um, abuse basically yeah. their freedom and hurt people and hurt themselves and destroy marriages yeah, and all that. Yeah, be left to their own devices. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can feel that now. I can go, yeah, I think yeah. I know what they're seeing and it's not really what's happening, but, the, but so, you know, there might not be anything I can do about how they're seeing it, right? Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the part where I just have to trust God with these, yep. with the people in the stages that they're in, yeah. right? And I'm scared of impulsive people too, getting a hold of Luke Ten's tools yeah. And thinking that oh, they do don't. Anything I want. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, thankfully, the way we're structured is in around intimacy. Like our yeah. structure, again, yeah. we're not rules based, but we have a structure that it demands maturity. I mean, right. you cannot be a part of our structure and be in a uh, an impulsive or a conventional stage, a rules based stage. Would you call it law? Yeah. You can't. Because it does nothing for you if you're in those stages, if you're fully in those stages, right? right? Like you said, all of us have parts of us that are still in those other stages. And sure. I, I think that opens the way for many more conversations with you because yep. you in particular have had a lot of experience with multiple parts being in different stages. Oh yeah, I feel spread, like I feel like I live spread across the bottom all the way to the top of this continuum, which is maddening yes. but yeah yes. another, another another topic for another day there's a deer oh my yeah. goodness gracious Ten right feet away from us oh they're so beautiful okay what were we saying oh <laughs> another topic for another day is how one yes. person can be operate you know yeah pre-conventionally yeah. so i really don't conventionally want to post-conventionally you know to try to label people in solidly in one or the other but yeah. if you do have a current addiction you are pretty much the person in control of your life right now right. Tends, seems to be in a, a pre-conventional state, right? An impulsive state. It's you where's, your, where's your center of gravity? Yes, yes. Because while they might exist within me right now, thankfully, I have a core developed that's more mature yep. that can talk to those parts, take those parts to Jesus, love those parts of me, but not yeah. give them the reins, so to yeah. speak. It's like when, the, when it gets quiet, where do you go back to? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. I, you know, I think this is helpful for parenting. This is helpful for every area, I think, of life um, to be able. So yeah, it just brings some expansiveness. Um, and you know, I don't know, we'll have to see um, as I continue interacting with people around these ideas, how I respond. Um, but it, you know, listening to Jesus obviously is how I want to respond to be able to share his heart for them and then just ask him, God, what? what would be helpful in this conversation yeah. for this person who is clearly in a different stage than me. They clearly don't understand where I am or they're misinterpreting where I am thinking that, yeah. you know, Luke 10 is, is all for impulsivity, which we're not. And, you know, how do I not get defensive, not yeah. try to, to, to change what, they, how they think, because that's probably not going to work anyway, yeah. but deeply serve them where they are. And, mm. you know, that's, that's the cry of the elder's heart, right? Is make space for all of these stages and deeply serve each person at, at the place that they are at. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's challenging, challenging, but good in a really, really good way. So thank you. Mm -hmm.
Thank you for listening to this week's Struggling to be Joy-Filled and Jesus-Led. Stay tuned for part two next week where Matt and I explore the different ways impulsivity shows up in each one of us and when impulsivity is actually a sin of moral development. Until next time.